You're listening to the King of the Fourth podcast, offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics with your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. It's been a while. Welcome back to King of the Fourth Quarter podcast. I'm your host, Jim Quigley, with my brother, Michael. Um, There's been a lot that has happened with the Celtics over the last two weeks, and it's really been reminiscent of what it's been like over the last year plus, where it's been up and down, and then down, and then up again. And we're looking at a team that is a game under 500, and really that's what they've been for a little over a year. Uh, these This last week in particular has really, you know, been something. You know, I, I think we should kind of lay the groundwork with, you know, Adoka from early on in the season has been very vocal in the public about um, – where he, how he feels like his team performed, whether with, when it, in regards to effort and, and calling them out as a bunch. I haven't really seen him uh, individually go after players, but he certainly has called them out as a bunch. Um, and he did this uh, before, I, I think, again, the Washington game that they went into double overtime, a game in which I felt like, you know, they played pretty well on the whole effort-wise and they just couldn't make a shot. And then for three quarters against Chicago, I thought, again, they, they played okay. Um, but then it all fell apart in really a disastrous way in the fourth quarter where they were outscored like 35 to 9 or something along those lines. Just real disastrous. And, and it, from a basketball sense, it, it, a lot of warts were kind of uncovered. Uh, this team struggles to rebound. They struggle to rebound even when they go double bigs with Al Horford and uh, Rob Williams. They really struggled over those, um, especially that Chicago fourth quarter, the defensive end, um, their transition defense was hard. If Rob Williams or Horford wasn't stopping them in the paint, they had no chance because penetration was just easily done. Uh, Teams adjusted to their switching defense with just fresh screens. Um, they, They were just a lot of problems, not the least of which is that he wasn't playing his full bench. He wasn't playing Smith in particular, Pritchard much. Um, there was a lack of spacing, Mike, that I know you've been all over on, on the floor offensively. Um, and then there would be commitment um, issues from your best player, which I think has been the biggest issue up in, you know, that fourth quarter where if he wasn't able to dictate the game like he wanted to offensively, it affected his own game, his whole game, and he wasn't impacting the basketball game in other ways. You know, you we talk about Paul Pierce a lot. He would find always other ways to impact the basketball game. Jason Tatum um, just has not been doing that for the most part early in the season where he's really been struggling and it's affected other parts of his game. Well, the one the one area where Tatum has been impacting outside of scoring is rebounding, and you mentioned rebounding earlier. And I think, you know, an incredible stat that first game against Washington at home this year, the the bench had zero rebounds in the first yeah. half, uh, which is to me, it's like that's impossible. And it's not that it's not our bigs who are rebounding. It's it, it, when Tatum comes off the floor, it's not the scoring punch that they're missing um, as much as the rebounding on the defensive end that they're missing. They, they struggle. Uh, that's an area that they have to, to figure out whether he goes deeper into his bench and tries other guys like Herman Gomez or, you know, whatnot, because uh, Jabari Parker is not a good defensive rebounder either. Uh, 
Grant Even Williams is not a good defensive rebounder. He's a good offensive rebounder. He's just adequate defensively, you know. Right. But we don't know anything about Fernando. We don't know anything about Herman Gomez. I haven't seen him play. And uh, I have seen Grant Williams out there as the center. And the rebounding when he out, he's out there is atrocious. We saw it against New York. We saw it twice against Washington. Um, and, and they have to, the they point have to figure that like out. High energy wings, uh, longer wings, they, they don't really have. And the two, I think. I think Langford was out in that first Washington game still, if memory serves, and, and Neesmith wasn't playing. Those guys at least give you an extra effort and, and really fight for the ball, um, which is, you know, Charles Barkley, when he wrote his book years, decades ago now, he talked about rebounding, just get the damn ball and, and, you know, do whatever it takes to get it. And they, they just don't have enough guys with the mentality to do whatever it takes to get it right now. Um, and they don't have the size, you know, th- that lack of a real four or a backup five is, um, you know, is a, a, an issue. That's it's a, it's a concern easy, because an Bob Williams isn't a good defensive rebounder and he's getting beat up inside. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely an area of concern. And so if we're talking about areas of concern right now for me, it's that. Um, it's the rotations from, from coach Odoka. I mean, even you brought up the, the Washington game, they're down by three points in that second overtime game. And he has Pritchett and Neesmith on the bench and he has Josh Richardson and Schroeder out there. How does that help you get an open three point shot? It doesn't. Um, so that's that the, the short, the, the short answer is the floor has been shrunk for most part of the season with his rotations. I don't understand why the young guys aren't playing. It was frustrated early in the year to see Langford already hurt for half the games uh, when he had played well to start. And now seeing him back and the value he brings is great. But just my mistrust in him to be able to stay on the floor is still a concern of mine. And then uh, my third concern is just what we saw with some of the lack of effort and then uh, how it was addressed by Marcus Smart to the media. But I do have some positive stuff I want to address. Well, today. Be, be, let's just but let's stop. Let's yeah, stop let's there. Stop. Before we get to the positive of the Marcus Smart stuff, because we got to touch on that. All those concerns of mine. The biggest concern to me with this team has been um, Jason Tatum's struggles. Like that's the the difference between them having two or three more wins and not. Like uh, you survive with that other stuff, and we're, we're still doing a podcast right now. Um, talking about these are where they have issues of concern that they need to fix going on during the season. But Jason Tatum's offensive struggles and how he's allowed that to translate, and that's on him, how he's allowed that to translate to other parts of his game has really hurt them. You know, it's not so much that he's arguing with the calls. It's that he's arguing and then he's a step late getting back on defense. You know, it's – it's him not being engaged on the defensive end and not being that really good help defender that he typically is. And all the stats are bearing this out right now. You know, his defensive stats, his positional stats. There are, it's been really poor. He's one of the worst shooters in the NBA outside yeah, of Yeah, and look, there's always been some struggle from him earlier in the year, finishing at the hoop. It's a weird thing, but he's had that every season. But I've never seen it this pro- pronounced to all aspects of his game. And, and to me, that's just really concerning. I don't know if he played too much basketball over the last two years and going to the Olympics, the bubble last season, having COVID, and, you know, maybe that's affecting. So I don't know what it is, but right now he's not, he, 
although last night I thought I saw some real positives, for the most part, it hasn't been right. And um, you, for the Celtics to be a team that can, you know, contend in this top half of the uh, Eastern Conference, which they, they have enough talent to. That's what the most frustrating thing about this is they definitely have enough talent to do that. He's got to he's got to get mentally tougher. Um, you know, I, I, I did myself a disservice and listened to a bit of sports radio the other day, but they're lumping him and Brown together, and I'm just not seeing that. I'm seeing Brown is coming to play, um, and he's been great offensively, with the exception of a game or two. And he's given it on the other end as well. He's given an effort on the other end all the time. Uh, he's never going to be an elite playmaker, Jalen Brown. He just doesn't have the skill set for that. But he's giving what he's capable of. Tatum is not giving what he's capable of. And, you know, I can live with the misses and those things. If he's going to the hoop and looking to get, looking to make the shot instead of assuming he's going to get hit and being ready to bitch about it. And, and people and have to stop. Happening. And people have to stop assuming that Jason Tatum needs this like tough guy coach to get through to him, or like players to call him on the yeah. locker room. Jason Tatum's got to figure it out on his own. And that's how the NBA. Tatum. That's how the NBA works. Like calling more people in public, having all these team meetings and shit. Yeah, that's fun for college, and that works in high school. In the NBA, man, you self motivate. Yeah. That's how. That's how it happens. The superstars are the ones facing the music at the end of the games. You know, I just, he's going to figure it out. He's not locked in right now. That's the end 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 of the story. And I think he will. I think he's a smart kid. I think he's a good kid. You know, it seems like, you know, um, it seems like for the most part, he's a good Tammy. You never see him do what Marcus Smart did and and call anyone out in public or anything. You don't even see him call people out during the games. You, you never see him aggressive towards a teammate that made a mistake or anything. He doesn't pull a Kobe. I I, I think he will figure this out, but he needs to. He's not at Kobe's level, so he can't do that. I, I mean, he was playing. And here's the thing that's just like so frustrating for Celtics fans, at least for me. He ended last year. And then in the Olympics, he was the second best player on that Olympic team. If you watch the game, especially the last handful of games, he was the second best player on that team. Um, you know, just consistently giving them when they what they needed. When Durant went down, the offense went through him. When Durant came out of the game, no, went down. The offense went through Tatum. You know, he was engaged defensively. He was rebounding. He was trying to be a playmaker. He was fantastic, and that was a carrier. So I think Celtics fans. And most NBA people in general expected that carryover to just kind of seamlessly happen here. And that typically has historically happened when someone came back from the Olympics, you know, they're on the cusp, they get that gold medal, they played well, you see just like a jump. And and for whatever reason, that's not happening. And um, I tell you, they got to figure it out. If it's not a fit with someone on the team, they got to figure that out. Because this is the most important piece to the puzzle that they have. And, and, and hopefully it's just a stick in the mud situation right now. And, and he's able to get out of it. But you're right, it's on him. But the Celtics better do everything in their power to help him figure that out. Yeah, and I don't know if they are. So even last night, I like to see that he only had like seven shots up by he was struggling. 
but he noticed the team was playing well and he was adapting. He made a lot of scales last night. He was the best rebounder. Oh, yep. he's the best defensive rebound. He's not an offensive rebound. But um, I just thought, especially in that second half, he played well. Right. Um, but what I was gonna say is that I don't I don't think that the coach is helping him or putting him into situations to succeed. I still see a lot of ISO ball. I don't see Tatum catching the ball in a lot of spaces on the floor where it's an easy place to shoot. I still, you know, there, there weren't really any set plays to help him get going. I haven't seen a lot of set plays to help him get going this year, especially at the beginning of games. Um, well, I, 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 and usually you do that for your superstar. That's I something they, you do. I think they have. I just think the defense is so focused on him and doesn't – the thing you've been complaining about so much, they don't respect the shooters. That set play is almost dead to begin with because you're getting – all your help is going towards Tatum. But they would if you played the young kids. They would because yeah, they can no. shoot. And, and they can play. Them. They're good at basketball. And when you, said, you said that you don't think the coaching staff has been helping them. I, I, I kind of agree with that. One thing that changed last night that caught my eye that I thought was really important that the coaching staff did, the Celtics went on that run at the end of the second quarter. Um, with, and the guys on the floor were Schroeder, Neesmith, Horford, Brown, Langford, and one other, maybe. I, you, it wasn't it. You just named five guys. Okay, so it was those five guys. And, and it, was, it wasn't Tatum. And he sat Tatum for an extended time when they went on that, you know, oh, yeah. absurd, absurd run for like seven minutes or so. Yeah, he sat him for a long time. Tatum came in for like the last minute or so of the half. So Tatum guy had to sit there. You know, it wasn't punishment, but he sat there and he watched these guys play good team basketball, move the ball around, engage defensively, defensive rebounding as a group, really doing all the little things you need to do to beat a really good team. That the I mean, the Heat did the Celtics a lot of favors last night, but that that happens to beat a really good team like the Heat. And then I thought in the second half, I, I saw a different player. I saw a guy that was, you know, when he got. Doubled, he was looking opposite where the open guy was. He was looking to completely move the ball around. He was engaged defensively. He was rebounding the ball excellent in that second half. He was impacting the game. And then you know what happened? He made, he made a free throw. And all of a sudden, he scored 10 quick, quick points after being held to a donut through three quarters. And hopefully that gets him going now. And I, I got a feeling it's going to. Um, I, I just saw... And that was, hey, that was Odoka. Odoka could have kept to his rotations and put him right back in, but he didn't. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I thought that that was really good last night, especially, you know, I think that should extend throughout the season. These guys can't play the amount of minutes that they're playing. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine for them to go on extended breaks, whether it's because they're not playing well or whether it's because Coach is saying, we got to play some other guys. It's an 82-game season. There's been a lot of nights this year when you're looking up and you're seeing Rob Williams playing 45 minutes or Al Horford playing 45 minutes. And, you know, you have a 15-man bench. And what Brad was talking about on Toucher and Rich the other day, sometimes you got to kind of just sit there with your notebook and organize minutes and try to get guys in uh, because it's a long season. And that's somewhere that I'm looking for Coach Adoka to improve a little bit because his, his bench is still only nine guys. Peyton Pritchard got a DMP again last night. Um, that's his second DMP this year. You have Neesmith has had a DMP basically every game except blowouts in the Knicks game and last night. Um, you know, one thing that I missed from Brad when he was the coach is 
you know, he, he, he played 11 guys, 12 guys in the regular season. And it was for the long term, you know, to keep guys healthy. You got a lot of guys in this team who have been hurt. Al Horford's been hurt. Rob Williams been hurt. Tatum and Brown both were hurt last year. Marcus Mott was hurt last year. Josh Richardson missed games with uh, Dallas last year. He's already hurt. Romeo Langford's never been healthy. You got to figure this out. Like you can't keep playing nine guys every night. Like it's a playoff game. You got to trust yeah, the bench, and you got to give them moments to succeed. That was so big for Neesmith last night. And also what I hope carries over from last night is the three that Pritchett hit at the end of the game. Let's let the kid play. The kid can shoot. He can spread so the floor. I can, I, I'm with you on the most part for Pritchett. Last night I understand the DMP. Um, and he played, I think, 11 guys last night. I think they've been so good defensively these last two games. And they're starting to get identity. Pritchett has really struggled on the defensive side this year, more than he did last year, particularly with this new switching scheme. And, and the Celtics seem to be getting this new switching scheme right now. If your identity is going to be defense and he's going to hurt you, then uh, – that's kind of the way it goes right now. Uh, Neesmith, I'm on the other side of, you know, um, and I, I granted they need the shooting, and I think there'll be moments for Pritchett coming up, but I, I understand last night. I, I do. I just understand last night not playing. Uh, I guess we'll just disagree. I don't think you can have a DMP for those guys ever. I think they have to play every game. They're, they're too talented. Um, and I don't think you're going to hold teams to 78 points for the rest of the season. No, um, you know. Yeah, you know, so – We'll see. Truda and Smart were very good defensively last night. One thing I loved about Truda last night, too, is uh, he's not great defensively. But he's not. But one thing I really like about him is just the effort. I, I do feel like there's 100% effort, like he shot out of a cannon last sometimes. And last night, he was picking up guys full court. I really feel like that affected things because the Heat were getting the ball, you know, starting their offense with like 16, 15 seconds left in the shot clock. And they're a team that, you know, they depend on that triple yeah. drive and kick. And when they don't have a lot of time to do that, I, I really feel like that yeah, happened I, I think the I think half can, last night. And I thought that was contagious. I thought the ball pressure from the team overall was just great the, the whole way through. I, I, I thought uh, there was no easy passes. And when the passes were made, they were, there was really good ball pressure. Um, you know, they lost Duncan Robinson a few times, and he missed open threes. So why don't, but, Tyler Hero, too. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, they did a really good job of um, – you know, defensive pressure. I thought they bought the Jimmy Butler quite a bit. Um, yeah. And the thing is when they make mistakes and there's effort though, it doesn't bother you as much because that energy is contagious. When, when, um, when Neesmith came into the game last night, you know, his energy was all over the place. And I just feel like if people pick up on that and then when he's hitting shots, it just makes such a difference in the attitude oh, yeah. and, you know, the bench was up and the bench was going you know what? And you've even seen some of it in Orlando, you know, watching the Orlando game was like, oh, well, um, they're playing Orlando. But the defensive effort in that game, pretty much through three and a half quarters, they, they had a time in that fourth quarter in Orlando that was really bad. But that that effort is contagious. And if that's going to be their identity, that's something I can get behind. That, yeah, that's yeah. Because then yeah. it makes up for other flaws. And I thought you saw that um, out in Washington, out in Washington as well. You know, so I, I think um, I, I think all that's good. Um, we'll see how they respond against Dallas. I do want to touch on this Marcus Smart stuff because I, I think it's you know, and he's played better the last two nights to his credit, but he hasn't played well overall. I, I thought him calling out. Um, 
his teammates in public just I, I just don't agree with in any sense. No one ever calls him out his teammates wise. And, and there's plenty of reasons to do that. On a night he had zero assists and they were actually passing him the ball and he's shooting 29% from the field. Yeah. And I just, I, I look back to the off season in that extension, the Josh Richards extension. I mean, if you do need to shake this up, you can't do it until mid season. And I, I just don't know how, I think it's going to be hard to move that contract that Marcus Smart has. Yeah, well, and, he's playing like dog shit on the offensive end. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I didn't like it. I, 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 I didn't like his approach. Um, it, it, you know, his play hasn't been good enough for him to, to do that either. No, his play hasn't been good enough for him to do that. He's, you know, He's been atrocious at the point guard position. Um, that's been an area of concern for this team that we should have brought up earlier. Is they have not, their point guards have not played well. They're probably at the bottom of the league when it comes to production from that position, especially shooting. Um, and he had a lot of open looks that night in the fourth quarter against the Bulls that he didn't hit on. And there's examples of it passes from Brown and Tatum. It was just a bad look. And if you fail that way and you're him, you fail that way. Why are you going to the media about it? Yeah. yeah. Like, what does that accomplish? And I, I just want that shit to stop. Like, I don't even like it from Coach Udoka. Like, sometimes it's good. Like, I think after the Toronto game, when he said they deserve to be booed, it, they did, right? So he's calling out effort. But then there's, like, other times where it's just like, just settle down. Like, we don't need, like, this. They don't need this tough guy act. That's not what you need in the NBA. You just need. But, but, but he is, you're right to be critical, but at least he's the coach. And that's the, if that's a formula he wants to try as a first year coach, you know, let's, uh, you give him the leash and see if it works. He, that's what he's paid to do. Marcus I wouldn't. Yeah. You don't want Tatum demanding a trade out of here midseason. Oh, he's sure. riding him too hard. But maybe he has a relationship with Tatum behind the scenes that this can work, and he's letting him know what he's going to do. And we just there's a lot we don't know when the coach-player relationship happened. I'll I'll say this about Smart: he did that on a night too, where Jason T- Jalen Brown was your best offensive player, and he didn't get his first shot until about three minutes to go in the fourth quarter of that thing falling apart, where he wasn't touching the ball and they weren't getting him the ball. So, you know, to call out one of the guys like he did, um, you know, saying he's not being a facilitator when he's clearly your best scorer that night and you're not getting him the ball, that says more about you as a point guy than that says about Jalen Brown. I, 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 I just um, – I thought it was a bad look. I, I thought it was a really bad look. Hopefully they're able to get past it. But this is way too early in the season for this shit to be happening. Yeah, that whole night was a disaster, uh, just an absolute disaster. I, and it, for him to go out and do that, you know, and then for Smart and Tatum not even to come out and to address the media, it was just a shit show. Um, it's like, can you imagine the bad press LeBron would have got if he pulled something like that, if he got called out by, like, a teammate, and then he didn't come out and address the media afterwards? It's like, you're the best players on the team. You can't just hide and not address the media after the fact. I thought Al Horford handled it well that night, like kind of taking it for the team. Um, I think Al Horford has probably been the best offseason addition for this team so far this year. Yeah, that's And, great. you know, moving forward, I really hope that these two games that we saw the last two nights of who the Celtics are 
because it's one thing to have lapses in the middle of the season with effort. It's very concerning to have lapses in effort when the season just started. Because in the middle of the season, you're like, oh, we gotta tra- yeah, we got to travel out to Toronto in the middle of Especially February. Like, this sucks. But you're at home and yeah. you're not trying. Um, After that's having something- a year of not having a crowd. I know. You, you have to have a year of not. I, I, I think, <clears throat> yeah, let's see how this. So the glass half full, look at this. And I, and I think I got to wrap. The glass half full is the Washington game. I know they lost. I, they hit a couple shots they would have won. I thought they played fairly well in that road game in, in Washington, to be honest. I thought it was one of their better games. Three quarters of the Chicago game was good. And then the last two nights are good. So that you, you can actually, even though you're two and two in that, you can see trends that are positive and go in the right direction. Glass half empty is, this is the same crap. Where you two steps backwards, two steps forwards, there's some internal things going on. Um, and, and they haven't figured out how to fix it. And, you know, we're, we're only eight, whatever we are, nine games into this new season. So it's wicked early. We probably shouldn't overanalyze everything. But the problem is, is that there's a track record. And so um, exactly. from perspective, you want to see this thing kind of stop moving and you start stringing together wins and good basketball or else you really do wonder and this is just going to be a long, um, tough year like it was last year. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about too. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right, guys, we'll talk soon.